Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have a lot of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. And today's guest is Patrick J. Harris, who's been teaching since 2013. He's done a lot of different kinds of teaching in band and orchestra, guitar, music appreciation. He'll be doing digital music production next year, but he's a band guy through and through. He says band's his thing. He's teaching. He's in high school band at this point uh, and loving it. He was telling me some stories about some of the amazing successes they've had this year. And in spite of the challenges, um, we've all had some challenges. And so it's nice to hear some of those cool successes. And he also works with the new San Bernardino Symphony. So um, really grateful to have him here. He's going to share with us four tips that helped him feel better, de-stress, become happier, have more time to just breathe and be. He found more balance for things like remembering to eat. Um, and he's had more time to do and enjoy non-school related things. So if those kinds of things sound like things you're interested in, then stay tuned because we're going to give you four really specific concrete ideas. But first, I'd like to introduce you to Patrick J. Harris. Thank you for being here, Mr. Harris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm yeah. so excited to be here. This is my first podcast, as I, oh. <laughs> as I mentioned. All right. Um, well, but, tell us about your journey to um, becoming a band director. What, what inspired you to be here and why are you doing it? Um, so I'm the typical band kid who started in the sixth grade. I went through high school. Um, originally, honestly, I wanted to be a pilot. Um, I was in an aviation magnet program in high school. And then I kind of somewhere... Between my junior and senior year, I kind of changed my mind. I was like, oh, no, I like this band thing. Um, I think I was just really inspired about being with around people and kind of making a difference there. And then I went through college. I went to school for one year first, and then I joined the Air Force. So I have a really interesting background. <laughs> so I joined the Air Force. I did six years in the Air Force, and then I got out of the military, went to school, I, and I started teaching. So I started teaching in Arizona. Um, throughout my journey, I had really good mentors, like um, my trumpet professor, Emery Harrison, and my professor, Dr. Rob Hunter, mentors like Michelle Kahlo, Melanie Britton. So those are some of my biggest mentors that I work with that really helped me finish my degree and get in the classroom. Um, and then once I started teaching, I really had to learn where to find my place throughout this journey of being a band director. And so I got to really, as I got better and growing, I started to connect with people like the now Dr. Leah Sneed and now Dr. Matthew Smith. So they really helped me, you know, navigate these spaces. And then also had to find my circle of band directors. So throughout my journey, I also found it very important to find that circle, but also find where I'm going to thrive as a teacher. And so I think that's something very important as well to me throughout my journey as an educator. And I finally feel like where I'm at now as a director, I'm really like happy. I'm loving where I'm at. <laughs> yes, we caught him at a very good time so he can share why, you know, what, what he's done to get here because it didn't just happen overnight. It's been intentional. And um, there's actually a reason why he kind of became such a badass at what he's doing. He's And, and the tips that he's going to share with us um, were the result of some changes he made and some things he's done in his life. So take us back to 
that that year when you were not feeling good and what things you had to do, what was going on in your life and what was the result of you struggling? All right. So as mentioned, I started in Arizona, but I actually now teach in California. So I started teaching in California. Everything's going great for the most part. And then the infamous COVID happened. Um, so we had a school year where we were teaching online. Um, unfortunately, I did move schools. And so I would say the 21-22 school year was probably the roughest school year in my um, teaching career. And I say that because it was where I had to learn to listen, to find those boundaries. For example, um, I ended up getting sick. I had um, developed colitis and had to have a colonoscopy. I was having migraines more than I would like. Um, <laughs> and just going through those things and realizing like, okay, something has to be done here. And also I realized I have to be in an environment that is conducive to my health. And so going through that school year, I had a smaller band and I'm, I'm I think the smallest band I've ever had in my career, but we prevailed. Despite me having illnesses, we still pushed through. But throughout that school year, I had to really harp on areas that will help me become healthy so I can be there for the students. Yeah, so let's dive into the four areas specifically. Okay. And the first one that you mentioned, and you were like, the way you even said it was like, hard boundaries. I mean, you said it with authority, Absolutely. like, oh, I get it. <laughs> there was a tone that you took. <laughs> Talk to us about that and why you are so adamant. What are some of those hard boundaries? So hard boundaries, and some of these boundaries can actually happen while you're even at work. So one of the first hard boundaries I tell new teachers, even if they're a band director or not, I have former students who are teaching now, and I said, do not connect your email, your work email to your phone. I say that all the time. I'm saying it again. Hard boundaries. Only connect your work email if you have to. So the only time I connect, for example, my work email to my phone is when we go on a marching competition or we're in a concert festival where we're traveling. That's the only time I'll connect my work email to my phone. But having that boundary of like no work email on your phone, that's already the first start. It creates Okay, I'm not always working, especially if you get an unfortunate nasty gram from a parent or a colleague, you know, you see it on your phone and our first thought is to do what? I have to reply from my phone. like Or oh, no, stew about it for a whole day, right? You just start worrying about exactly. it. Exactly. So that serves no purpose to have exactly. an <laughs> So that hard boundary is just no work email on your phone um, while you're at work. Hard boundary about your planning period, you know. No, <laughs> if I need to take a moment to rest, sometimes during my planning period, I might just just sit and I might just listen to music and I may not even do grades or or any. I just might just relax, have me a, um, a coffee or something. But um, but also part of that hard boundaries is having your lunch. Make sure you're eating lunch <laughs> while you're at work. But that the number one hard boundary is definitely making sure your work email and I, and I'm circling back as you know, <laughs> this, it's super important. Make sure your work, e your work email is not connected to your phone. Some people may not agree with it, but it helps create that boundary where you're not always on. And that's the best way to, I guess, describe it is it's so you can have a break. So there we go. There's one of them. Next thing you're going to talk about, <laughs> um, which I put in my book, I call it movement. You call it exercising. So what, mm -hmm. 
you're busy. You got lots of things to do. Why do you value this particular time? What does it do for you? And why is it a priority for you? So for me, like the, I realize how much walking brings me a little bit of peace, but it also that exercising, it's not even just walking, <laughs> exercising, it, it really helps me de-stress. For example, after a long school day, maybe my one of my concert ensembles or my marching band didn't perform something at rehearsal the way they should have. And now I'm irritated, like, oh, no, why did I pick this piece or why are we doing this show? Um, but that also helps you. You know, I think it helps you calm down a little bit. And those of you who may have sleep issues, who have trouble falling asleep, sometimes I do. It helps you kind of wind down and help you process and go to bed. Sometimes even just a 30 minute walk will do that. Um, but it also um, gets you to think about other things. So if you see a pretty bird walk, or, you know, fly by, walk by, <laughs> um, fly by, you, oh, that's pretty. Oh, the sky just looks radiant while you're walking at sunset or something. But it just gives you that opportunity to really not think about work. Maybe put your headphones in and listen to music other than band music, you know, listen to your favorite artists and just take that nice stroll or go to the gym or go for a run and just, you know, de-stress yourself and to not think about um, your, what your, your job. We all love our jobs, but the exercise does kind of help in the sense of getting you to de-stress from it. Well, and two, scientifically, your biology and your physiology changes when um, mm -hmm. when you exercise. And when you walk, for example, your eye movement goes laterally side to side just mm -hmm. because you're looking at your environment to stay safe. And that does certain things to relax the brain, that kind of movement, for example. Or when you're out in nature, you start to breathe differently. So your body chemistry changes. It's like people take pills to feel better, but this does it naturally and safely. So that's Absolutely. the importance. And you, yeah, and you feel the results. You sleep better, you feel better, things don't hurt. I mean, I'm a living walking example of that because six years ago, <laughs> damn near wasn't, I wasn't going to be here. Yeah. So I feel this. Um, you also, Absolutely. yeah, you addressed this a little <laughs> earlier, but I just want to come back to this third one that you had because you okay. had mentioned it earlier about finding your circle. So give us just a little bit of um, what you mean by that and what that might look like. So with this, I realized this, I discovered finding my circle probably my third or fourth year of teaching, where it's like I have to be surrounded by other directors who I connect to. So one of my, I consider one of my really good friends, um, ironically, her my mentor was her band director in high school, um, Leanna Sears. And she's a high school director out in L.A. And so we have this great connection where, you know, we have to bet about something, our band bit or something like having that circle of friends. And so I and I'll even mention um, Dr. Matthew Smith, Dr. Leah Sneed, like those people. They're my circle. My mentor, Melanie Britton, is my circle. Like when I'm having issues, I, we can have that conversation where it's not going to be judgment. It's going to be a legit conversation. And then what, what I love about that circle that we have is um, we get feedback, how to make things better. Like I'll go something I just like, I just need to vent real quick. I don't want anything back <laughs> right now. Let me say what I have to say. And then let's process. And then let's have the conversation on how to improve. And so finding that circle as a band director, because we all don't share the same ideals, right? Mm -hmm. So finding that circle where you do, have people that share the same ideals will make this, I, I personally feel like makes this job more funner and easier. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and so we all need that, that human circle. connection with somebody that gets us. Exactly. We're kind of weird people, right? <laughs> we, we are. And so if you can find your circle of weird friends, hey, it works out for yeah. you. And so I really yeah. just think um, having that circle and, and it doesn't necessarily. And let me um, emphasize this, too. It doesn't have to actually be band directors like one of my people, another person in my circle on my campus, for example, is our athletic director, um, Mrs. Amanda Galliano. She is phenomenal. Like there'd be times you're like, you want to just say it? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just sitting. And I'll just go sit in her office and just, and we'll just be there. And yeah. so even finding those non-band people in your <laughs> circle, like, and I, the reason why I love the athletic director is because what we do on campus is almost very similar. Like we're very busy. We're, we're, you know, trying to plan everything. So when you have those people on your campus that does similar things to you, it makes things whole lot easier. <laughs> we all need support groups like that, but we have to be intentional about seeking it out because it won't just find you. Exactly. Before we get to your final tip, because I promised them four and we've given them three, I want to invite our listeners to take a minute and think about how you can put some of these practices we've been talking about on the Band Director Bootcamp podcast episodes into practice in your own life. Welcome Band Director Bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual bootcamp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So, as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. All right, we are back with Mr. Patrick J. Harris, who has already talked to us about the benefits that he's had from setting hard boundaries, exercising, and finding a circle of support. And in our last minute or two together here, he's going to talk to us about one more thing that um, we don't talk about enough in our culture here, frankly, like <laughs> listening to our body. What are you talking about? What do you mean, Patrick? So listening to your body, I used to think this was the most ridiculous thing ever until, um, again, the 20, the 21, 22 school year where I developed colitis, where I was having this pain in my side. And I'm just thinking it's from the spicy food that I ate. And, but my body was dropping hints that, Hey, there's something wrong here. On top of that, I was, I felt very lethargic, very, like I didn't want to do anything. And I was having pain and all the, like, just my body was trying to tell me, Hey, Patrick, there's something wrong here. We're trying to get you to slow down and listen to what we're trying to tell you. Um, and when I say listen to your body, your body has subtle ways to get you to listen or slow down. So, for example, if you know you have not slept a decent night, but yet you're still trucking along, your body might the, ne the next day make you sleep 12 hours and you might end up, you know, be late for work. For example, I've had that happen before, too, where it's like I was I was on go, 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 go. And my body said, no, 
You cannot, <laughs> you can't keep operating like this. So your body does subtle hints to tell you to slow down. It could be your eye twitching. It could be feeling a little bit dehydrated, even though you feel like you're drinking plenty of water, but it's just little subtle things that you have to listen to your body about that's trying to warn you that, hey, you might want to slow down. You know, we are both living examples of that, ignoring the little things mm-hmm. at first or or whatever. I did the same thing and then ended up with major surgeries and, you know, major medications, exactly. all the things because because I didn't get to root cause. There's always a cause of something. What's causing my body to hurt? And is it something I'm eating? Is it something I'm doing? Is it that? Yeah. So we have to just trust ourselves. And if you ignore it, you end up, you know, having surgery or in our, my case, the colitis and colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. And so it's like. Your body's going to tell it's, you, hey, <laughs> slow it's down. Like our, like our ensembles, right? We listen very intently and we fix the little things before they become big things. You wouldn't let somebody play exactly. the F sharp the whole time until the day of the concert and then try to fix it. It wouldn't work. And so we have to listen Not as a habit. intensely with our, yeah, yeah. So making a habit of noticing our bodies and wouldn't I feel this way? What have I just been doing? So or very even wise. Just, even subtle or even subtle changes with your body. If you notice you're you're sitting at a certain weight, like I noticed that with me also, where I gained a little bit of weight and I'm like, wow, I've never been this heavy before. So that's like, okay, that's when that goes What's back to it, point yeah. number two, exercise. Hey, I'm not taking care of my body the, the way I know I know how to. <laughs> right, it'd be like not taking care of your instrument and expecting it to still work, right? Using the same reed all year. I don't have time to put a new one on. Really? Because it's price in the long run, aren't Absolutely. you? It's like if you don't have time exactly. to fix your body. When it, yeah. So we could go on and on forever, but people come here because they want those 20 minute takeaways. So thank you, Patrick J. Harris, for giving us your time today on Band Director Bootcamp. And thank you to all of you listeners who are out there making a difference in kids' lives through the magic of music education every single day. The work you do matters and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of productivity and wellness tips to make your life a little easier.